Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. From Albuquerque, New Mexico and not Dallas, Texas, I had mentioned yesterday we were flying out yesterday. We were supposed to fly out yesterday. We were at the airport for quite a while with a huge number of people. We waited many hours and they canceled our flight due to weather going into Dallas. So we are still here in Albuquerque uh, with Renee's sister enjoying her time in her house. She's a wonderful hostess. So we're going to try and fly out today. We'll see if it works. Hopefully it will. Hopefully we don't run into more bad weather. But in the meantime, as we're waiting and packing up again and getting things going, I thought we'd spend some time in the Word. I think we have enough time before we have to run to the airport. So let's see if I can find it. Start us off with a dad joke. Just open these up. I haven't even looked at them yet. Someone has glued my pack of cards together. And I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, what do you call a zombie who cooks stir fries? Dead man walking. No, I'm sorry. That's I probably shouldn't have read that one. That was poor taste. Uh, what did the scarecrow get? Why did the scarecrow get an, an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Okay. So today, as you can see, we are in First Chronicles 4 and 5. And hopefully you guys can uh, find your place and turn over to that. And we will pray and ask God to bless this time. As um, we are just waking up here and getting our day going with everything happening in this world. It's crazy. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. And we do ask God that you would, um, as we are in, in kind of flux here, trying to get our travel plans set god we realize that so many people in the world right now are are fleeing from war torn areas and and themselves are uncertain of uh, their departure <laughs> in many aspects uh physically and certainly spiritually and so father we pray that you would guide and direct us and build us up in your word strengthen us in our inner man so that we can share with people the hope that we have in jesus christ and give them god a um a destination, number one, spiritually. Then also, Father, we pray for those that have no home, those that uh, need a place, those that are trying to get out of uh, the difficult situation they're in that may be dangerous. So we're going to lift those people up, God, to you. And uh, and just ask you, God, to fill us this morning with your presence, with your Holy Spirit, for the rest of this day, the rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen. So open up, please, to... First Chronicles 4 and 5, and we'll get started. More names, no doubt. Chronicles is all about the, the names and the tribes, so let's look into it. The line of Hur, Asher. The sons of Judah were Perez, Haran, Camri, Hur, uh, Shobal, Reiah, the son of Shobal, became the father of Jehath, and Jehath became the father of uh, Amahi and Ladad, and Lahad, sorry about that, and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorathites. 
These were the sons of Etham, Ezreel, Ishma, Idbash, and the name of their sister was was Hazalalelponi. How about that one? Hazalalelponi. I think that's right. Penuel was the father of Gedor and Ezer, the father of, of Husha. These were the sons of Hur, the firstborns of Ephrath. These were the, the father of Bethlehem. Asher, no, Ashur, a little different, the father of Tekoa and his two wives, Hela and Nara. Nara bore him Ahuzam, Hefer, Tamine, and Hahashtari. These were the names of Nara. The sons of Hela were Zerath, Isra, Ishar, and Itnan. Zor became the father of Anub and Zebaba, the families of Azharhel, um, the son of Harum. Jabel more, was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother's name was Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my borders, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, and that it may not be, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. Caleb, the brother of Shuha, became the father of Mehir, who was the father of Eshton. <clears throat> Eshton was the brother of Beth Rapha and Pasha and Tim, uh, Tehimna, Tehimna, the father of Ir Hash, um, Nahash. These are the men of Raqqa. Now the sons of Kenas were Anthiel and um, Sariah. The son of Anthiel was was Hathath and Menothai. I don't know about that one. Menothai became the father of Ophrah. And Syria, Sariah became the father of Joab, the father of, of Geharashim. <clears throat> they were craftsmen. The sons of Caleb with the sons of Jephune were Iru and Ella and Naam. And these were the sons of Ella were Kenaz. The sons of, of Jahalalel were Ziph and Zipha and Tyria and Asarel. The sons of Ezra were Jether, Mered, Ephr, and Jalon. These were the sons of Bithia, the daughter of Pharaoh, whom Mered took, and she conceived and bore Miriam and Shumai and Ishba, the father of Ishtramoah. His Jewish wife bore Jared, the father of Gedor, and Heber, the father of Soko, and Jekuthiel, the father of Zenoah. The sons of the wife 
of Hodiah, the sister of Nahum, were the fathers of Keliah, the Garmite, and Estremoah, the Maakatite, the sons of Simon, were Ammon, Amnon, Rimna, Ridna, and Benan, Bahanan, and Tilon. The sons of Ishri were Zoheth and Ben Zoeth. The sons of Shila were the sons of Judah, were Ur, the father of Leka, and Lada, the father of Merashah, the families of the house of the, uh, the linen workers, and Beth Ashbiah. Jochim, the father of Kozeba, Joash, Seraph, the rule of, the Mo of Moab, and Jehushbai Ish Ishim, and the, and the records uh, are ancient, no doubt. These were the potters and the inhabitants of Nataim and Gadara. They lived there with the king and his work. Verse 24, the sons of Simeon were Nam Namuel and Jamim and Jarib and Zerah and Shaul, um, Shaul, Shalom, his sons, Mibsham, his son, Mishma, his son. The sons of Mishma were Hamuel, his son, Zachar, his son, Shimai, his son. And Shimai had 16 sons and six daughters, but his brothers did not have many sons, nor did all their families multiply like the sons of Judah. They lived at Beersheba, Molada, and Hazar, Saul, and Bilha, Ezim, Tolad, Bethuel, Horma, Ziklag, Beth, Makobath, Zerum, Shishim, Beth, Biri, and Sharaim. These were the, their cities until the reign of David. These villages were Etham, Enon, Rimon, Token, Ashan, five cities. And all their villages that were around the same cities as far as Baal. These were their settlements, and they gave their genealogies. And they have their genealogies. Mishhobab and Jam Jamlek and Joash, Josha, the son of Hamaziah and Joel and Jehu, the son of Jashbiah, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Ashiel, and Eli, uh, Elioni, Jacobah, Jehoshiah, Ashiah, and Adiel, and Jeshemiel, Benaiah, Zisa, the son of Shifi, the son of Alan, the son of Jedediah, the son of Shimri, the son of Shemaiah. These mentioned by name were the leaders of their families and their father's households increased greatly. They went to the entrance of Gedor, even to the east side of the valley, to seek pasture for their flocks. They found rich and good pasture. The land was broad and quiet and peaceful. For those who lived there were formerly the Hamites. These recorded by name became the, came in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and attacked their tents 
and the Minyanites who were found there, and they destroyed them utterly to this day. They lived there. They lived in their place because there was pasture there for their flocks. From them, uh, from them, from the sons of Simeon, 500 men went to Mount Seir with Pelatiah, Neriah, and Zephiah, and Uziel, the sons of Ushi and their leaders, and they destroyed the, the remnant of the Amalekites who escaped and have lived there to this day. Chapter 5, Genealogy of Reuben. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, the sons of the firstborn, but became, for he was the firstborn, but became the, he, uh, but he, because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the sons of Israel, so that he is not enrolled in the genealogy according to birthright. Through Judah, though Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came the leader, yet the birthright belonged to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanok and Palu, Hezron and Carmi. The sons of Joel were Shemaiah, his son, Gog, his son, Shimei, his son, Micah, his son, Reiah, his son, Baal, his son, Bera, his son, whom tiglath Pleaser, king of Assyria, carried away into exile. He was the leader of the Reubenites, his kingmen by their families. His kinsmen by their families in the genealogy of the generations were Jael, Jael the chief, then Zechariah, Bela, the son of, of Azars, um, Azaz, Azaz, the son of Shema, the son of Joel, who lived in Aor, even to Nebo Baal Melon. To the east he settled as far as the entrance of the wilderness of the rivers of the Euphrates, because their cattle had increased in the land of Gilead. In the days of Saul, Saul, Saul excuse me, they made war with the Hagrites, um, they, who fell by their hands so that they occupied their tents throughout all the land of Gilead. Now the sons of Gad lived opposite them in the land of Bashan as far as uh, Seleka. No, Joel was the chief, and Sarfam the second, and Janai and Shaphat in Bashan. Their kinsmen of their father's households were Michael, Meshulam, Sheba, Jorai, Jakan, Zia, and Eber, seven. These were the sons of Abiyah, Abihel, the sons of Huri, the sons of of Jaoa, the son of Gilead, the son of Michael, the son of, of Jeshishai, the son of Jado, the son of Buz, Ai, the son of Adiel, the sons of Guni, were the heads of the father's household, who lived in Gilead, in Bashan, and in its towns, and in all the pasture lands of Sharon, as far as the borders. All of these were enrolled in the genealogies in the days of Jotham, king of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel, the sons of, of Reuben, 
and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, consisting of valiant men who were who bore the shield and sword and shot with bow, who were skillful in battle, were forty four thousand seven hundred and sixty who went to war. They made war against the Hagrites, Jatur, the Nafish, and Nodad, Nodab. They were helped against them and the Hagrites and all who were with them given into their land for they cried out to God in battle and he answered their prayers became, and they became trusted in him. And they trusted in him. That's better. They took away their cattle. There are 50,000 camels, 350,000 sheep, 2,000 donkeys, 100,000 men. For many fell slain because the war was of God, and they settled in their places until the exile. Now the sons of the half-tribe of Manasseh lived in the land from Bashan to Baal Hermon and Sinir and Mount Hermon. They were numerous. These were the heads of their of their father's households, even Ephor, Ishi, Eliel, Azriel, Jeremiah, or Jeremiah, Hadoviah, and Jadiel, mighty men of valor, famous men, heads of their father's households. But they acted treacherously against the God of their fathers and played the harlot after the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, even the spirit of Tiglath-Pleser, king of Assyria, and he cried, and he carried them away into exile, namely the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and brought them to Hala, Hebor, Hara, and to the rivers of the Goshen to this day. So there's a, there's a few things we can talk about here that we can look into because these chapters, if you're like me, are just confusing. You're going, I don't get any of this. This is a bunch of theologies. What, what is this all about? Why is this even in the Bible? Well, we know it's extremely important for Israel to know their heritage. In the days they were living when this was being written, it was important for them to know um, where they fit into Israel and uh their position in god's kingdom as far as the tribe whether what position they had to to play you know we see that reuben was the firstborn but he lost that right because of his sin against his father and so um so then joseph picks it up and his two sons that represented joseph and um and this is it's interesting because we see a lot of things playing out prophetically in scripture as we go into this. First thing I, I remember noticing, because we just read so much about David and his sin and going to actually Wednesday nights and we're looking into this from First Samuel, get, going into sin and going down into the Philistine country. And he's given the city Ziglag. It even mentions that Ziglag in the earlier days had belonged to Israel, and here we see it mentioned that Ziglag was one of the cities that was given to, that Israel was given by God. They occupied it, this coming through the line of Asher, and then, of course, coming through and then related to Judah. And so even though it was in the Philistines' hands, it really was essentially uh, a, 
one of the cities that they were given by God anyway. But then, of course, it gets burned and they have to leave and they go to Hebron. So you see that David goes down in the Philistine country, but in a sense, he hasn't left part of the inheritance that God had given them. It was just under um, control of the enemy. So there's some interesting dynamics going on there. He hadn't left, technically left the, the, the promised land that God had given them. Uh, the thing about the, many of you may remember the book that came out years ago, the prayer of Jabesh and the prayer that Jabesh prayed to extend his territory, you know, and that God heard him because he wanted to extend his territory and he prayed in faith, the prayer of Jabesh. And uh, people made a big deal about it. And um, when you study it, you have to put it in context because the guy that wrote it, it's really coming out of the whole um uh, kind of health and wealth movement, prosperity gospel. And it was always about praying the prayer of Jabez, you claiming what, you know, your territory and the stuff you want. It was all about the physical. It was all about gaining more stuff. And uh, I think Skip, if I remember right, Isaac wrote uh, a, a book in response to that called The Prayer of Jesus, which balanced it out. And really it's it comes down to... <laughs> I'd much rather pray the prayer of Jesus than the prayer uh, of Jabez. The prayer of Jesus was essentially, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I'm your servant, and I'm here to glorify you. All things that I do are for your kingdom, and, and all things are yours. And so the prayer of Jesus was was totally God-focused on God's kingdom and God's will, and nothing for himself. And in that, God obviously richly blessed him and would bless him and supply all his needs. So there's a different view here. And I would encourage you, if you ever read the book of Jabez, it's a beautiful prayer. And it's the book has some uh, some good points in it. There is a need to have faith and pray for things, but not to the exclusion of being completely um, surrendered over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Not to be praying it to manipulate God to gain stuff, but simply praying that God supply your needs and um, and that God would bless as he wants to bless you. You can ask for things, but you need to ask in accordance with his will. Uh, the rest of the chapters we get in, we have from uh, the, the chapter four and five, we have the chapter of, of Reuben and we go, we just went through all that. I hope I got some of those names right. Those were tough names. It just goes on and on. But the most important thing I want you to note in chapter 5 was who was the first of the 12 tribes or who what tribes were the first ones to get um, wiped out, to get thrown, to be attacked and thrown in captivity. Um, Gad, Manasseh, half-tribe of Asher, uh, the tribes that were on the border. These were the ones that got attacked. If you remember, they were the tribes that wanted to hang out on the other side of the Jordan with their sheep, uh, Reuben and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. I don't know if I said Reuben, probably messed that up. But um, those tribes said, we're okay over here with the nice pasture land. We don't need to go in on the east side of the Jordan. We'll hang out here. And Moses acquiesced. He said, okay, you just got to come in and fight with us. And then when we're done, you can go back. And they did. But it wasn't God's highest will 
I want to say, in my opinion, but I think it's pretty much proven by theologians as well, wasn't his highest will. He said, okay, he, was, he allowed it, but they placed themselves in danger from day one because they were on the east side of the Jordan. They were right there, uh, backed up against the desert, the river on one side, the desert on the other, and all the, all the attacks came on them from the, from the desert, from the east, and from down from the north and from the south coming on the east side of the Jordan. And they were the first ones to be attacked. And their their leaders were the really the first ones. They're noble leaders, it says here. These valiant leaders they have and famous and stuff. It says that they forsook the Lord. And they because they forsook the Lord and they acted treacherously against the Lord, verse 25, uh, the God of their fathers and played the harlot after the after the gods of the people of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of these other kings to come and carry them away into exile. The Reubenites, Gadites, Aftrath, and Manasseh. So the, the lesson we learn from that is seek God's highest will, not his permissive will, and don't go outside the covering really of the family of God that had they stayed on the on the west side with the rest of the tribes of Israel they would have been much more protected and the armies would have had to cross the river they would have come into the promised land and they would have been probably in my opinion facing a much greater threat from Israel but because they're on the other side they kind of Israel kind of separated a little bit themselves and their thinking and they were knocked off so uh, some lessons there. Don't wander away. Stay close to the brotherhood. Um, you know, you see people living on the fringes in church. And it is, it's dangerous. It's usually, and I, I have nothing against back row sitters. <laughs> They're some of the best servants. Sometimes the best servants are sitting in the back to help people and, and take care of situation going on in the church. So, But the back row sitters that come in there, and do nothing that aren't there serving and sit in the back of the church are often the first ones to get picked off by the enemy. It's just, you watch it, you see it all the time. People that kind of come in and they kind of want to know God. They want to know, they want to draw close to God, but they don't want to move up. They don't want to get right in the center of the fellowship and really get to know people. They kind of are on the edge and they're, they're, living on the edge they kind of live in one foot in the world and one foot in the church they don't want to come into the church too much and so they're usually the ones that get picked off the first they get attacked by the enemy something happens and you don't see them come back and when you do see them they're messed up the the lesson we can learn from this is go all in become part of the body of christ become one with the brethren and be a servant be a part of what god's doing and follow his will and ask him, where do you want me? How, where do you want me? And how do you want me to serve you? And be praying the prayer of Jesus. Let him bless. Let him guide. So that will probably do it for this morning because we've got to get ready to go and do some packing and different things. So uh, we'll close in prayer. Give this over to the Lord. And thank you guys for hanging in there with me as we're traveling around. We are still... Um, Still enjoying our stay in the Southwest. No humidity here. Oh, it's glorious. Got to use a lot of cream, but it's dry. But 
it's uh it, it reminds me of what it was used to like what it was like before the days i moved to pb when it was when it was uh hot but dry this is a whole different world up here than down there but anyway thank you guys uh thank you guys for being involved in church last night those of you guys that serve thank you Britt, for teaching we were watching and it sounded great the worship was good and you guys are watching and commenting you know it's nice to see some new faces up there doing worship they keep it up maybe i can retire from the worship team for after a while who knows so thank you and let's go ahead and spend some time in prayer father thank you for this time that we have with you thank you for blessing us we do want to pray a special prayer for juan carlos now he's he's recovering from his biopsy that they took on his sinus father it's sad they were not able to to take out the tumor or chose not to at this time but we pray that biopsy they get the result back quickly and that god this poor man having to wait and wait and wait with this the pain and swelling in the sinuses has just got to be unbearable so we pray for your for strength for him and that the results would come back maybe in less than 15 days but we just wait to help god help him to wait patiently as we learn in the scripture over and over and over that we're to be patient and wait upon you charles spurgeon had much to say about that yesterday so god teach us to do that help us to do that Thank you, God, for the for the guidance you've given so many people in their lives as far as where to go, directing them in their lives. We do pray that you would continue to bring more brothers and sisters down to Puerto Vallarta. Father, we pray that you come down with a heart to serve and a heart to minister, a feeling, God, a strong call to be ambassadors for you, be more than tourists, to be ministering in your name with joy, with gladness. God, thank you for the evangelism team. I'll be going out tonight when you bless them richly and help them. Thank you for Jeswater and her new baby. Thank you for that whole that whole uh, scenario yesterday that she had a healthy birth. So we thank you for that new life, God. We rejoice in that and thank you. Uh, and we continue to pray for the wildfires up here, God, as we had a very windy night last night, that you would help these um, firefighters know the strategy and know how to put that thing out with such dangerous winds and things going on. Pray for the homeless from that fire, that they could find ministry through Samaritan's Purse, who's now coming, moving in, and setting up to help. God, may you bless them and use them in a mighty way to minister your gospel to these people here in New Mexico. Thank you, God. Thank you for all that you're doing. And we ask, God, that you would uh, just go before us this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for now. Thank you, guys. And we will um, catch up with you tomorrow, I hope perhaps from Dallas. Okay. Bye-bye.